Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are very welcome to episode 16 in my made-up numbers version. I don't even think it's episode 16. I just make up the numbers every week. Episode 16 of Premier League Carnage. It could be 17. It could be 15. Who knows? Go back and count if you're that bothered, if you that care that much. I don't. I just make up the numbers. Poor Bilal. No, poor Noor does the thumbnails and he actually puts it in the, in the corner. I don't know if you've got the thumbnail, Sonny. Have you got the thumbnail? He normally puts it in the corner, episode something. So I don't mm. want to do him a disservice. If he hasn't... No. Episode no. 16, he has? He has. There you go. You're, there you go, episode you go. 16 there in the I corner. I was right. I was right. I was right. Episode 16, you're very welcome. Premier League carnage. Wow, was there carnage. So much to get through, so much to talk about. Uh, first and foremost, happy Ramadan. Ramadan Mubarak, whoever's been fasting today, hope you've opened up your fast. I'm nicely. still fasting. I'm oh, still, still fasting. fasting. Okay. No way. Okay. Can you just please relax with the with the rants then and the hot take on the wild <laughs> and lie? Make sure you don't lie. Make sure you don't talk talk rubbish. Make sure you make. <laughs> so I have an extra eye on you. Get rid of this thumbnail, uh, Sunny man. I, you know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's like, uh, what is this man? It's bad for the eyes. Uh, joining me today, of course, as you can see, Bilal is not available to co-host today. But I have got the wonderful, the new, the latest addition to Premier League Carnage, and that is not the latest addition, but the latest co-host of mine, Sunny. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I mean, it's a day after WrestleMania. I might not be Bilal, but I'm the new co-host. All I'm going to say is acknowledge your daddy because I'm the tribal chief. <laughs> acknowledge me! <laughs> yeah, That's no. right. Oh my God, I just realised you're yeah, more of this WWE bullshit. 
Oh, God. I've realised I have to learn to accept that you are a massive WWE fan. There will be puns and lines and thrown in that I may not get, the chat may get. So at least as long as the chat is with you, who gives a shit about an old man like me? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but of course, uh, Igal, I've got Igal. I just realised making his debut on my channel. That is a massive, massive shame for me. But I'm so happy to have you, Igal. Hope you're doing very well. Thank you for having me. Honestly, it's a pleasure. Uh, I've been, as I was telling you before the stream, I've been watching you for a long time. So it's nice to be on your channel. I appreciate it, bro. Amazing, amazing stuff, man. Yeah, I should have had you on so long, so longer, but you're so busy, man. I just see you everywhere. And, you know, I thought now's the season because, you know, in the past, right, your club has gone through turmoil. And it's not fair to get people on when they're in the mud just to mock them, have a joke with them, cuss them while they're down. I'm not one of those people. People know I'm the community, man. You know what I mean? I thought the time to bring you on is when you're on the up, you're on the bout to probably win the league. We will discuss it. Um, but I thought it's time to bring you on when you're happy. And all of your support and backing of your club is showing fruition now. So I thought it's the best time to bring you on. But we will get into all that. We'll get into that. We will. We will. We've got Judge Mo. Judge Mo is the judge, jury, and executioner. He's the neutral one. He doesn't have a Premier League club, so he says. But apparently, I've been getting messages like, that Mo guy, he says he doesn't have a club, but he does a lot of favoritism to, I won't say Club X, Club Y, Club Z. I'll leave it to the subscribers, followers, watchers to, to work out which team he favours. Mo, hope you're doing very well. Happy Ramadan, everybody. And uh, I'm glad to be here, as always, as always. Fantastic panel, of course. Of course, of course. And we have to have uh, a, a representative of a club that's probably taken the headlines away from possibly Liverpool this season. Uh, I'm so grateful for your club this season, because otherwise we would be... This season would never... It's never going to be forgotten anyway for the drop-off in Liverpool. But my word, have you kept us sort of semi-relevant instead of fully, fully relevant. Welcome, Eunice, again. Thank you. Thank you for having me on, man. Um, I mean, yeah, we we done that to help you guys, but we did have an expiry date on that, and that date was the 4th of April. Okay. <laughs> so after tomorrow, it's all going to be about Liverpool. Okay. <laughs> okay. I That's understand. it. We, we, we gave you up until now. Now you're going to be pulled back into the trenches and we're coming out of it, so... Well, let's see. Only time will tell. <laughs> only time will tell. But look, I guess, I guess there's only one way, one one place to start. And even though I introduced you last, I'm going to go to you first, Eunice. Um, partners run out of magic. Sani has got captioned here. Um, so look, I know from listening to you and speaking to you that yeah. you thought this was possibly a few weeks too late even. Um, months, months, okay, months <laughs> <laughs> for me, for me personally, months for, for the fan base, yeah, maybe weeks. So, go on, talk me through the timeline of events of the last 48 hours or whatever, and, and just give us your take and opinion on, on, the, on, the, on the debacle of the yeah. appointments of debacle, right? First and foremost, that's the thing, it shouldn't have happened in the first place. Um, and I can only speak from my perspective, you know, properly at 100%. I remember when it happened and the fear that I had was, I hope the job's not too big for him, you know? Because um, I think deep down everyone knew this, this might be a big 
bit too big for you, mate. Um, but you know, you you go with it, you run with it, you hope. Um, and yeah, it it came late. Honestly, like it should have happened earlier. Even even if the owners are gonna try and stick with him and and give the chance and whatnot, but it should have happened probably after, like. Before we went on the little mini sort of run of, you know, getting a result against Dortmund, um, Leeds, even before then, it probably should have happened at that point. But for me personally, I look at the owners and I think, you know what, it's your first rodeo, let's say, Mm. right? It's your first gig in, in, in Premier League football, in football as a whole. So look, you've made a mistake. I'm just glad that they've owned up to it. They've allowed the football people at the club to, to take the decision. Because um, yesterday what happened was, it was... Who the, are the, Can you remind us, can you tell us who are the football people at the club that you yeah, think, so, or, or, or the, the story is, have made the actual decision? So when, when Potter was hired, just to give some context, it was mm. only Todd Bowley and Egbali as the co-controlling owners that right. could make the decision. They got rid well. Todd Bowley got rid of Thomas Tuchel. Um, and then they hired Graham Potter with no director in place because we sacked, we got rid of Marina and got rid of Petr Cech and everyone that was in place. Um, after Graham Potter, we got Christopher Vivor from RB Leipzig yeah. as, the te- as the technical director. We got Paul Winstanley and um, Lawrence Stewart, who both came in as co-sporting directors from Brighton. Yep. Right. They're the ones that pulled the trigger, ironically. The ones that came from Brighton. Yeah. So yesterday, it was those two that had been given the ultimate, like, what do you think needs to be done? And they're the ones that informed Graham Potter. They told Todd Bowley and Egbali, we have to make the change. Because we've now gone into the bottom half of the table. We went into 11th. Um, So that's how it went down. And look, I'm just glad it's over. So and I think look, the whole fans I want I want I want to take you back just very very quickly and very briefly. You say it was the wrong appointment in the first place. Was the decision to sack Tuchel Thomas Tuchel the, was that the first mistake would you say? Yeah. Not the yeah. hiring of Potter. But then did they have much option with Tuchel because if the manager is and by all accounts and by the reliable reports it suggests he had an a confrontation with Tuchel's tactics or, oh, sorry, with the owner's decisions. Todd, Bowley. Todd Bowley's, yeah. There's only one winner in that situation, if that's the case. Or did you want Todd Bowley to be a bit more understanding, be a bit more philosophical, be a bit more shrewd and work around it? Yeah, this is the thing, because um, it actually looked like it went really, really south between Todd Bowley and Thomas Tuchel. Just them two. Tuchel seemed like still got along with the other owner, Egbali. They had... First game at the bridge um, of the season, you see they do it. They do it fairly common where you know the staff come out, they greet the fans. It's the first game of the season. You know, let's get up and running. Todd Bowley and Egbali were there. Thomas Tuchel and his coaching staff came out before the game had started, and they shook hands with everybody. Tuchel purposely skipped past Todd Bowley. You know. Shook hands with Egbali, shook hands with everyone else, even the 86-year-old other owner that we have that no one really talks about, who's there like maybe once in a blue moon, the Swiss guy. Shook hands with him, didn't shake hands with Todd Bowley. So you could see it was a personal breakdown between him and Todd. It wasn't anything to do with how we were playing on the pitch. It was a pure clash 
of fundamental ideas between those two individuals only. So that's how it broke down. And I think that's why he pulled the trigger so soon. But that's an indication, a very early indication of what kind of owner you have. If that's the case... That's what I thought, yeah. And that's what that's what a lot of us thought. This is why we're surprised it's gone on this long with Graham Potter, because we, for the ones that saw it, we were like, yo, make the change. This is getting desperate. And he just, it was stubbornness. And just, no, we're going to keep backing, keep backing. But I get, as his first own proper appointment, I can understand if he really gave it all the way till the end to just Someone see had to pay, huh? You know, someone you had to pay. Something. Someone oh, had to pay at the end. Uh, yeah. Let me just say something. Someone had to pay. Listen, Chelsea yep. are a big club, no matter what we say. The biggest, the most successful club in England in the last 20 years based on trophies, right? So yep. this is a big brand. And this guy bought a brand, bought a club, but it's a brand at the end. You can't fire all the players. You can't fire the owners. Someone had to go. And it doesn't matter if it's a project, not a project. You're hurting. At this point, you were hurting the brand, I think, from November. And he kept waiting and waiting. It's hurting everything, marketing-wise. Everything is getting hurt in this club. And I thought that he, as a businessman, he should have seen this earlier, that you're really, the brand is going down. The stock, the stock of the brand is going down. People are getting away from the club. The ads, everything. Someone had to pay. And unfortunately, yep. it's Graham Potter. But I think it's too late. Because now you're at the end of the season. What do you do now? It's You're in... A little bit of a, like a because of the quarterfinal of the Champions League. Because if you go to the Champions League semifinal, you got the brand back. You're back in the picture. People yeah. are looking at you and say, oh, it's not totally failure. You're in the semifinal of the Champions League. It's kind of a weird decision that it should have it should have been way earlier, to be honest. I, I, uh, I you was gonna say something. Yeah, I was gonna say I agree that Grand Potter should have been sacked a little bit earlier. I agree that some of the decisions that to keep him a little bit longer was the right thing. But at the end of the day, Grand Potter is not the only problem at Chelsea Football Club. The real problem at Chelsea Football Club is that you guys were forced to change your 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 uh, owner. You guys were forced to change your manager because the owner the owner changed the manager. Yeah, you guys changed you guys changed the backroom staff. Petacek leaving, Marina leaving, and you're basically changing the whole club. So with Roman leaving, you now have a whole new Chelsea. Jonas, you guys still have the high expectations of Roman's Chelsea. This is no longer Roman's Chelsea, and I really do believe. He's building for a long-term project and not instant success. So I think a lot of your fans will continuously want that instant success from the Roman days. And they won't be able to have any level of patience for what you guys would consider below your standards from, from under I, I was I, I was on I was on we were speaking off air. I was on I was on 90 minutes in the morning and I got raided, like absolutely assaulted. In the chat, in the live chat, by Chelsea fans, uh, about two thousand of them. Um, because <laughs> I'm sorry, I, because <laughs> I'm I'm not. Um, so you you shouldn't be either. And Eunice, I wanted to get your take on it. And the reason why, and because I think I think you'll agree with me, because all I was saying was, what do we know factually, as opposed to giving subjective opinions. Yep. on what's the issues, what's not issues. That's subjective, that's opinions. What I was suggesting was, what I was giving and speaking on was facts. The facts are your club is based off the model of Real Madrid, into, especially in terms of managerial appointments. It's win, otherwise you're out. Revolving doors type setup. That's fine. Because your club is entitled to behave how they want. 
it's absolutely fine. Your owner decides how he does it. Roman Abramovich has has given you a stepladder to success. Most other clubs take decades and decades to build up to the levels that you reached within a decade. And that was yep. just like we speak about Man City and the Abu Dhabi group, PSG with the Qataris, you guys with the Roman Abramovich, right? Fact. There's no other way of doing it really and sustaining it unless you have a rich, rich sugar daddy. And great appointments. Now, all I said at the moment is your club is being, for the last year or so, your club has been sh shambles. That's a fact. If any Chelsea fans are happy with the way their club is being run or has been run and are happy with the situation, then you can come at me. I'm not hating while you're winning. If you're winning and I'm saying, oh, they're still rubbish, that's hate. If you've made a brilliant appointment and everything's brilliant, your signings have been pop popping off and successful, you've got a recruitment policy that makes sense, there's a vision, and then I'm still talking rubbish about your club, that's hating, that's bitter. I'm saying your club is a shambles. Tell me otherwise. Tell me it's not. I'm saying your man, your owner hasn't got a clue what he was be he's been doing. That's fact. He may learn. Our owners for sure spent five, six years, didn't have a clue what they were doing. And I was critical of them. And we were a shambles. It's fine to be a shambles. But the first thing you must do is recognize and accept it's a shambles. And you've been wrong. A lot of Chelsea fans refuse to do this, Eunice. But Chris, well, I was going to say this before yeah. Eunice goes. I get the same criticism. The reason being, they don't want to be told that Grand Potter is not the issue. That they don't want to be told that the person that they pinpointed as the sacrificial lamb is not the issue, and they're pointing your ang their anger at their club towards you for pointing out those <laughs> those honest truths. Mm. With um, this is about Todd Bowley and mm, yes. and the new owners. Yeah, no, no, to, yeah, to, to a certain level, I completely agree because, as I said earlier, they're new, you know, and the the one thing. The one fundamental thing which was correct that was said earlier is, look, n none of this technically really was expected to happen in the first place. Realistically, we should still be with Roman Abramovich. <laughs> that if we're going all the way back to right. what, what was the catalyst. He didn't want to sell. Like, realistically, he should still be here. But it all, it all went down. So with the sanctions and with what went down and how it all happened, even as a fan base, we, it's out of our control. It's out of our hands. As a club, it's out of our hands. This is in the hands of the UK government. You know, this is, is it, it was what it was. When these new owners were selected, they came in. Um, there was a case of, look, they might not know much to do with the game. Um, I, I hope they've got a, funda a fundamental understanding. And there was a, a level of leeway that I think even the fan base were willing to give, which... Even with the appointment of Graham Potter, it was a case of, let's see what happens, right? We have serious doubts after sacking Tuchel and getting Graham Potter. Let's see what happens. Absolutely, they have a portion to, a portion to blame in terms of why Graham Potter has failed in the way that he did. In terms of man, you know, match-to-match -match management and the way that the team has been managed throughout this, this process, Graham Potter has been a shambles, Right. But in terms of him getting the job in the first place, being given this amount of time, the thing is, as I mentioned earlier, with him being appointed, there was no one else in the club making decisions except Todd Bowley and you could say Agbali. It's a good sign now with the points that you've made that they've actually taken a step back and they're allowing Lawrence Stewart, 
Winstanley and Vivel to start making decisions. Like the new manager that's going to be appointed, it's not going to be Todd Bowley and Egbali. We now know this. It's Lawrence Stewart and Paul Winstanley that are driving the the search for who the new manager is going to be. Which is why they're hired. Which is why they're hired. This is the resume. Yeah. And they weren't there at first. So it's in hindsight where you look and you go, you know what, like the point you mentioned, yeah, I hope they've understood it now. And I hope that they've learned that what they did at first was a mistake and they've now rectified it. And now they're, they've got football people that they're trusting to make football decisions. If they go down that route, then fair enough. No, and so Sonny, go on. I've got a question for Eunice as well, because I mean, I'm a Man United fan. We all know what happened in the 13 14 season when we hired Moyes as well. Could you say there's an argument that there are comparisons to that Moyes season in terms of a lot of people said that Moyes was out of his depth? There was, of course, that comeback against Olympiacos. We were 2 0 down. Van Persie got the hat trick. Of course, you guys had that comeback against Dortmund. Do you think there's a comparison in terms of, you know, Moyes and Potter being out of their depth at these big clubs? Yeah, I think so. And and I, I genuinely think, look, there are some managers that are at a certain level and they belong there. You know, I'm not saying Graham Potter's a bad manager overall. No, he's, yeah. def- he's definitely not. But he's not one for an elite football club. Hmm. He just isn't. That's just not his level. He just uh, won't what, reach that, I don't, I don't I, think. I got a question what? here, Grace, for, for, for that, because I was talking this morning about why did Eddie Howe succeed at Newcastle? And Graham Potter failed at Chelsea with more resources. And both of them are coming from Canada, that, that similar environment, mid to lower table club. One of them got relegated. Expectations. Another one. Pressure. Pressure. Um, th- that, and I have to say, even the way that Eddie Howe conducts himself, we, we got to learn and understand the character of Graham Potter quite a lot. And uh, let, let me tell you this in terms of politely, and I think you guys can see it for yourselves, <laughs> bland. You know, like, nice guy, very nice guy. But that's it. You know, there isn't any fire. Um, I think Eddie Howe has a little bit more of that and a little bit more authority in the dressing room. That's the key word, because it came out even today um, that, and it's funny how things come out afterwards, but, yeah, <laughs> Graham Potter was seen as as not decisive or authoritarian enough. You know, there were some plays actually struck in terms of how loose at times when they were expecting a grilling, they didn't get one. And not- I think, I think, I think the two scenarios. I think the two clubs, the, the two clubs, the way they've been run, the two yeah. appointments. I yeah. think they are comparable, but they're not at the same. But they're point. not. I agree. Right. Um, ten. Ten. Um, ten. Newcastle. We'll, we'll cast ten hard later, Sonny. But 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 Eddie Howe and, and Potter. Eddie Howe. You can almost instantly see the signings that they made were Eddie Howe signings. Exactly. Um, yeah. They were done with the approval of Eddie Howe. But this all goes back to the meetings that must have taken place with Eddie Howe and the owners and um, Potter, Potter and, and the owners. Yeah, yeah. Great, uh, Potter, when he met Ted Bowley, would have had a, an idea of how he wants to coach how he wants to manage the kind of players. What was said in that meeting, obviously we will never find out, but that is where you can blame Potter. Otherwise, and I know you're very, you've been very vocal about it, Andy Potter, I don't think Potter is the issue at all. Or is more, I think any manager walking into that situation, sorry, any coach, any coach that's worth his salt, and I'm talking about coach, 
would have struggled because it's impossible to coach 30 to 36 players in a training session. You haven't had a chance to recognise the personalities, work out their personalities, work out their pros, cons, players coming in from loan, players being dropping in from the transfer market. What your club needed, in my humble opinion, was a manager, not a coach. He needed to manage that club. You needed someone with authority and aura to manage, not coach. You put in a coach... You put in a supply teacher in front of 36 rowdy students. Some of them have got on their last warnings. Otherwise, they're getting booed out of the school. And you put a supply teacher in there who has no idea what their personalities were like. You needed to put the head teacher in there. You needed to put the assistant head teacher in there. I don't know what they're called these days in school. What are they called, man? I don't know. Vice. Vice. That's it. Vice. 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 Head. Vice. Head or something. Vice. 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 Principal. Yeah, you know what I mean. I was going to say this off what you're saying, though, Grizz. I honestly do believe there's a fundamental issue at Chelsea Football Club where no manager will ever be given time with their fans because of their sustained success under Roman Abramovich. They are going to continuously go back to the idea of if things are not going right, we need to get the man up top uh, and change the manager even though the players are not suited to the style that they want to play, even though that they have a bunch of players that might not actually be good enough to get them to where they want to go, even though they have so many fundamental problems with their starting 11 where it's not balanced and hasn't been balanced for a long time. Enzo came in, but they still need more midfield depth, in my opinion. And it's like these things are not things that Graham Potter alone would have changed. It needs to be from the bottom down. And I think, Jonas, you've said this numerous times yourself probably, but there's fundamental issues from the bottom down. It's going to take a while for them to get that all sorted out. No, I don't I... think that, Yunus, do you think they should go this way? Do they, Do you think, as a Chelsea fan, and you've been a Chelsea fan for years, and you see the success, and you saw the ups and downs, do you think they should go this way? Or do they go back to hire somebody, get a trophy, move on if it doesn't work, get the next one, and be successful? Make money, globalization is great, everything is working fine, and you're happy. You know what? Look, um, there's this. It seems. It seems. I think many people um, reckon that it's either one or the other. You know, like okay, we're going to go down a project, and it's going to you know, start very slow, and it's going to be you know like that, and then we're going to gradually get there in six or seven years, or we're going to you know go short term, and we're going to win the league next year. Like Thomas Tuchel said it after he got sacked. In order to trust the process, you need results. Mm. That's it. And I think in terms of the bare minimum at Chelsea to accept as part of a process would be if we were in a Europa League spot, for example, or, you know, not 11th. Do do you know what I mean? So it's it's once you cross a certain line where you have to throw the process out the window. You know, if, if if you're in a certain bracket and it's deemed acceptable for the quality of the squad and you know where you're trying to get to and you have to get rid of players, which we're going to do this summer, by the way. You're going to see a lot of players leave. Um, but the squad is still good enough to be able to be at a level of, let's say, sixth. Do you know what I mean? The quality is there. So for us to end up 11th means now there's something fundamentally wrong going on within the setup. And I think that's where the quality in terms of who is actually taking the responsibility is because a better manager would probably have, like Tuchel did, even with struggles, had us in sixth. No, so, but do you think your fan base can ever, or do you think it will always be a revolving door? Because I think no, it's I, unfair to expect a club to continuously sack and hire a manager in the state that Chelsea are in right now. You continuously bring I, in a new manager 
eventually you're gonna realize he's not the issue. Celebrate that he sacked and that you've you've moved on to better things. But 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 just to, and I'm sorry, I know you um threw that at uh Eunice, but I'm gonna step in because I'm gonna ask you as a fan, will you care? If you're successful and if you've got the trophy hall that Chelsea have over the last 20 years, why would you care? I'm going to be honest. I wouldn't care. I and I'm that. Liverpool. We've done it the right way. We didn't do it with Sugar Daddy owners. We, we done it the proper way, whatever. I couldn't care how we done it. And I'm being but honest. If we had the trophy hall of Chelsea, I'd be happy, bro. Football but is a results trophy business. Hall, my point is that trophy mm. hall was under Roman. Who's to say the sure. new... But no, but, but no one's to say otherwise as well. When Roman Abramovich started off, he started buying players left, right, and centre. Chelsea finished trophyless the in their first season as well. Sure, and, this, and it's going to happen. My point is, if Todd Bowley's, for example, I think we'll we'll, we'll finish this segment with the with a question. I think Egal's trying to say, and I think it's not sustainable. Yeah, it's, I think it is. It has been. It, it has it, been. It, it has been sustainable. It literally think, has been proven to be sustainable, Egal. This is the thing. I think. Look, the proof is in the pudding. Right, this whole thing about he's only um, there gonna... because of a war. He's uh, Roman Ramos well, is not there because of a war, not because of it's not sustainable. He would have in... continued throwing money and winning. No, money and I think here's my case. I think Chelsea would have been in a better situation and would have won even more trophies if they had a situation where they had somebody who could put the club ethos and have sustained success and have players come through because they've missed out on so many opportunities where they had quality players that Disagree, left the club. Bro. Yeah, I that's a Chelsea. theory, Egal. I, I, I hate Chelsea. I hate Chelsea more than all of you. I get what you're together. saying, Egal. No, no, I get what no, you're no, saying. I, that's a theory. That's an assumption. I hate, but what happens I hate Chelsea more than anyone. Anyone. Everyone knows that. <laughs> but, I dis- but I disagree. I think they they don't care how it's done. Do you think PSG will care if they win the Champions League how it's done? Man no, City, do you think they care? No club, nobody cares. Only the outside were thinking, oh, no, but they're more sustainable, more, 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 it means more, or, you know, the right way, morals and all that. Out the window. Football is, what Sani said, a results business. Real Madrid, the, who is the best club in the world? Real Madrid. What is their history of managers? That just shows you it is sustainable. And Ancelotti won La Decima for him, and then he got sacked next yeah. season. We can, we can, we can, we can, we can have our personal opinions on how a club should be run, morally and ethically, and you know policies and manager policy. Be nice to managers. No, like this you just say, no, I don't care. If you look, if you look in terms of modern football and where it's going, right. Um, it'd be it'd be ideal to have yeah one manager comes in and there's stability and and there's success and you're running with that guy. Asking everyone, why is it ideal? But but, listen, this season alone, how many managers have been sacked in the Premier League? Twelve, twelve, twelve. Wow, thirteen now. No, this is the twelfth. This is the twelfth. I thought Potter was thirteen. Okay, whatever. He was twelve because Ten Hag's the anyway. Yeah, typical Potter. Unlucky thirteen. Out of well, out of break. Out, out of out of twenty, right? That's how many have gone just this season. It, it, it shows you because there's so much more on the line in terms of financials, and as you know, Mo was saying earlier on, brand, and it's it's so much, it's so valuable compared to how it used to be. With Chelsea fans, honestly, this is it, yeah. Because I think there is the assumption from the outside that our oh, Chelsea fans are ruthless. We don't care about long term. It's just our oh, no, we want now, 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 now. That isn't actually the case, but there's a standard. And it just isn't going to be slipped. Like, if it goes below yeah. that line, it's like, no, nah, mate, you're out the door. But if there is someone that comes in and 
you can see that it's heading in the right direction. It doesn't need to be the Premier League next season. Honestly, it doesn't have to be. But there needs to be signs of progress, you know. Um, whoever it is, honestly, we wanted to go long-term when it was Jose Mourinho, yeah? We, we felt like, yeah, this is our Sir Alex. Like, we're going to ride and die with And this definitely right? with Tuchel. And, and with Tuchel, it was the same. It got to that point where it was like, okay, he's proven that he knows what he's doing. Now, we can honestly, we can move forward because you can see the signs are there. If it goes beyond a certain line, we're cutthroat. That mm. is where it gets proper cutthroat because of the success and because of where the standards are. It's a fundamental value that we cannot let those standards slip because Ross, we've seen examples at other clubs where yeah. they've let it slip and they've found it hard to get back up. We don't want to do that. So I think that's where mm -hmm. it is. But Chelsea fans will be more than happy to go long-term, but there needs to be progress. Has Ross, be. Ross, Ross says, uh, we're going to move on again. I know you want to no. hammer down uh, Chelsea because you're like... I'll go. To, I need to shoot in a couple of minutes. Exactly, so exactly. Yeah. Grizz is a walking contradiction because he are, he's argued Chelsea fans being short-term fans before, so he has agreed with a, a gal. No, I'm, I'm being honest and blatantly truth. I said, if I was in your shoes, I wouldn't care. I, I'm still saying you are short-term. You're very entitled because of Roman Ramovich, what he's done to you, your club. And you think you deserve trophies. You know, it doesn't always work like that. That's what I've said. But I, I wouldn't care if I was Chelsea fans. Like you, you shouldn't care what I think. Keep winning trophies. <laughs> Who cares? No, but it's true. Who gives a it shit what Chris Khan thinks? And says, keep winning trophies. I'm jealous when you win trophies. Right now, I'm not jealous, though. Uh, Kevin, Kevin Jimenez says, he's got to change himself too much. Go on, what are you going to say? Oh, we'll see you in May. Okay, you keep saying that. Potter changed, himself, <laughs> Potter changed himself too much, tried to be something he wasn't, and I think that played a part. Um, and there was yeah, that I, I agree with that, by the way. I agree with that so much, Matt. He, he, was, he was, to sum it up, right, he was happy to be there. Listen, too much slander on Potter. He's from the same town as me, so shout out Potter. We're not all like that. So yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> says, Potter died on the hill of trusting Kepa, Felix, Kukurela and Kovacic. He should have put trust into Maduike, Modric and Mount. He will learn from this. I'm sure he will learn. He's a very intelligent man and he will learn. But listen, moving very swiftly on to El Crapico. Um, you missed out on that one, Sonny. Very, very massive flop to you in your first <laughs> co-hosting duties. This should have been titled El Crapico uh, because that's what it is, Eunice. Um, what's your just very brief thoughts on tomorrow's game? How do you see it going? I don't give a shit. I'm not. I'm going, so I do give a shit. But that's the kind of fan I am. On the eve of the game, I go. I do yeah. it. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. But I'm going to be front line. Um, what's your Fair. thoughts and views on the game tomorrow? I'll be honest. Um, so before the sacking, um, I actually done a video and I, I didn't put it out because I heard the news. And I was like, okay, I've got, I've got to re-record because now we've got the news he's been sacked. Um, I was expecting you guys to come up and take three points very easily, right? Why? Um, Go on. Now, not so much. Now, because I know that there's there's definitely going to be a relief. I think the fans are going to be all on board now. I think there's 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 everyone's going to have room to breathe. And with this the new interim, I think the one thing he can do is just to get everyone back on side within the squad get them playing for each other. That's it. You don't need to go deep into any tactical, you know, nuance. Just keep everyone on side. You, you now have room to breathe. Go out there, play your football, stick to what we know. We might stick to a back three, go to what has worked previously. And and some of the new players that we've brought in will probably have maybe a little bit of fun, a little bit of uh, room to, to go and have, have well, some fun. So give us, I'm expecting give us, a good performance. Give us some insight, if you have any, on this caretaker interim or wherever he is for now. 
any idea how he will set up or has he said anything about in terms of how you're going to set up? Back three, back four, 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 two. No idea. Nothing. He he even said he's not giving anything away. Right, he's Mm -hmm. not giving anything away. But uh, uh, what can he possibly do that we don't know already? Who has he worked under? So give us an insight. We might might be able to work out who is he working under so he might follow in his footsteps in terms of the formation and whatnot. No, no, you won't be able to because... because All right, thanks, You've been... Listen, listen. He... I, I, we only found this out yesterday. I didn't know who he was up until yesterday, if I'm if I'm being honest. So um, he played for Brighton. He has like 200 and something yeah. uh, appearances for Brighton. Yeah. He was a part of Potter's coaching setup for like one or two seasons. Okay, so he's part of Potter's coaching setup. At Brighton. And then he came over as a coach. And now he's sticking around with a couple of others while the others have gone with Potter. Interesting, interesting. That's all we know. Mm-hmm. And you see a picture of him, you recognize him. He was the left back for Brighton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. The bald yeah. guy. That's right. I, I honestly think he's going to be a mixture of like Potter and Graham uh, uh, and Chris Hutton because those are the two players, the two managers that he that he was working under. Well, let's see. I hope so. I hope he's. Oh, as, uh, I hope he's as unsuccessful as those two managers you mentioned as well. Uh, just for that one game only. People, people, Liverpool fans have been absolutely hilarious. Um, there's tweets going around saying, oh, here we go. Now we're going to lose to a team managed by Andrew Tate because apparently he looks like Andrew Tate right now. So, so Chris, yeah. what jo- do you think, Chris? What do you I'm think? Gonna, I'm going to give my opinion once uh, Eunice is gone because Eunice needs to go. So we're going to get an opinion. Uh, we're going to get a, a, a prediction from prediction. Eunice uh, before he leaves. I, I never thought I'd say this, yeah. but Why? For- You're Chelsea at home to the, one of the worst Liverpool sides ever. Oh yeah, no. Now I can think like that. Now I can think like that. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. So I'm going three one. Che- I'm going three one Chelsea. <laughs> Whereas, look, if this was before he got sacked, I would have said you guys were going to rock up and win two nil. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Amazing. But Eunice, uh, always appreciated. <laughs> uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna hook up with you because uh, I need your insight on a couple of Chelsea players that have been linked with Liverpool. We make sure you guys check out Eunice talks football. Uh, Thank He's you, doing man. some great work everywhere. You already know that. Uh, thank you very much for your time. We'll catch up real soon, my bro. Awesome. We'll do. Thanks for having oh, me, guys. Have a good awesome. one, lads. See you later. Care. Take care. Cheers, Bye-bye. guys. Bye, man. Uh, Mo, my thoughts on the game. I, I, I'm not looking forward to any Liverpool game right now, bro. I just want the season to end. I only look forward to home games. Hmm. Make of that. Make make sense of that. I only look forward to home games. It's so mad. You can go, you can go Klopp. And enjoy the I'm, atmosphere I, and stuff. I'm only going. I'm only going off. Even Jurgen Klopp, he's resigned. No oh. breaking news. He hasn't resigned. <laughs> Poor choice of words. I Not mean. yet. No breaking news. He's resigned to the fact that he says, "I'm. I made mistakes," and he means summer and everything. And then he means during the season as well. He's made huge mistakes, but there's nothing he can do right now. Right now is finish the season with what he's got. And then he's also said he knows there needs to be big changes. And he said that, which is the only thing I'm encouraged and looking forward to. With regards to tomorrow's game, before we move on to the other games, people, tomorrow I'm not expecting anything. If we get a point, I'll happily take it. We're rubbish at the moment. No, Don't let any Liverpool fan tell you otherwise. And most Liverpool fans won't tell you otherwise anyway. We're very, very weak mentally, physically, in every way, shape or form. I described yesterday... I, descri- I described yesterday's performance against a rival, top rival, one of the worst I've ever seen. Some people have said the Spurs when we lost 4-1 at Wembley 2017, but we had 
so many chances in that game. I remember this was worse. They toyed with us. But moving swiftly on, um, I don't know what you've got next. We've got this is how we do it. <laughs> Sonny, this is how we do it. I guess I have to come to you for this. Yeah. What you wasn't looking forward to it. You was you was you was thinking, ah, this is gonna be a bit tricky. You know, St. James Park. Is it still called St. James Park? Whatever. But talk me through what happened because that could easily have been far worse than the eventual 2-0. That should have been four or five. Agreed. Agreed. First half. I was watching that game. I couldn't believe it. Not because I thought, oh, we've underestimated Newcastle. I was just thinking we have been so poor. Because I remember saying on the previous Premier League carnage how we needed that international break. We were spluttering. We just about got over the line against Fulham. If it wasn't for those two red cards, we probably weren't even in the semi-finals of the FA Cup. But we got through to the international break. And then, yeah, Newcastle first half, like you said, and Egal just men- mentioned it. De Gea first half kept us in that game. He was making some great saves. And Newcastle should have gone into that first half probably 2-3-0 up. Then second half comes... They get the goal. I wasn't surprised. It was well-deserved. And then it was a question of how many more they're going to get. We did not have a goal threat. It was a shoddy performance. There wasn't any passion. We looked leggy as well. And it's funny because we thought international breaks come. We can reset, refresh. But it wasn't the case. And what it does go to show is that Ten Hag this season has made the most out of a little because these players clearly aren't showing enough because, yes, we went through that great patch. Agreed. But if we can't get up for this game, Newcastle away, which Newcastle for the longest, I know Sunderland are their rivals and Middlesbrough, but Man United's always been a big game for Newcastle. They were up for it. You heard Dan Burns passion after the uh, after the game. He clearly showed how much the Geordies wanted it. Luke Shaw said it as well. We didn't want it. But the concerning thing now is away from home, and I know Mo and Igal are very, very eager to talk about it as well. Away from home, the, our form is very concerning. Against the top nine, I don't think we've won a single game. We've conceded a hell of a lot of goals. And in the words of Castillo, it's not looking good, Brev. <laughs> it's not. But the reason being is because your style of play against these top teams, you resort back to Ollie's ball and you guys let the teams mm-hmm. get on you, get on you, get on you. They had 22 shots to your like six four. and and you could 24. Wow. No, 22. To, we only had four shots. You had four. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, gave you guys, <laughs> I gave you guys too much praise giving you six. But when it comes down to it... I. Is is Rashford actually injured? Because like you can't afford Rashford actually missing too much game time because he's your main goal scoring outlet, and everyone gets on to Casemiro. But without Casemiro, your midfield is weak. We know that. But what is the solutions? There's he has he's had all season. He still can't really find a solution. And Ten Hag has been doing a great job getting you guys up to where you guys are at. But to go on to the next level, you guys you guys are going to need to at least get the Champions League football this year and see what you guys can do in the summer because. Newcastle, they look the real deal. And I think we would all take three or four players from that team. Uh, let me... Uh, Sonny started by saying the players and Ten Hag. To be honest, Sonny, just be honest with yourself. You have to call out Ten Hag for this game. He got it all wrong. Uh, playing Bruno as the deepest midfielder, playing McTominay next to uh, Veghorst, he got it all wrong. There was no coverage. There was no instruction for coverage. Luke Shaw was left isolated against Trippier and, and Murphy and Martinez had to cover. It was all wrong. Tactically, it was wrong. Rashford was out of the game. He was taken out of the game with Trippier going forward more than he actually does most of the time. So how did Rashford was non-existent when the right back that's supposed to be covering was not even there? It's all on Ten Hag. This game, 
questions have to be asked, to be honest, especially with what Igal said. Why does he revert? Why does he forget about the way he wants to play football when he goes away? And yes, it's Newcastle. I think Newcastle is the third best team in the country. But again, it's Man United. You are in a good <coughs> form. You should have played your style. You should impose your style. He's not doing it away from home. And questions should be asked. Going forward, without Casemiro, it's only Casemiro away in this game. And you lost everything. The tactical shape, every marking was wrong. Everything was, was wrong. As you said, it should have been 2-3-0 the first half. It's, you point to the coach. When the whole thing is falling apart, you point to the coach. I, I, I'll just double up with the, with the, or triple up with the questions and assault on Sane and Man United. But, but, but I'll, I'll try to be a bit more nuanced with it. I agree that Ten Hag has made massive improvements in that club. You was a shambles. Now you're looking like a far better team, mm. a far more cohesive unit. The desire and attitude in majority of the games you can see, the desire to keep a clean sheet and all that fist pumps with Lissandro and everyone when you keep a clean sheet. But there is still huge issues because the results suggest that against the big clubs, there is a mental break. Is it? Okay. Is it a mental breakdown? Because when you lose it, you completely lose it. So conceding four to Brentford, six to Man City, seven to Liverpool, should have been five, four, five yesterday by all accounts. What is it? Because suddenly from going, it can't just be Casemiro, can it? It's not. I think it's a few things. Firstly, like the boys have said, game plan's a big thing. There wasn't really a style of play that we had on Sunday. I mean, there are other issues as well. Players. I mean, with all due respect to Diego Dallo, I know he had a good period just before the World Cup, but he was getting cooked alive by Alex and Maximan. And I know Van Bissaka wasn't feeling ill, but that's another issue that we need to address at some point. Full-backs aren't good enough. Central midfield is a massive issue, like Egal said as well. And Mo, the thing is, if you're playing Bruno as your deepest line midfielder, it's not going to work. Well, he there you go. Channel player. member sends in a super chat. Channel member Kevin sends in a super chat. He says, we need midfielders so bad. Not all on... It, it, ETH, I disagree. But, but you, Sonny, don't you think he should work with the hand he's dealt? At least, like, make it better, make it look better. But he like, has. Dal- but but he has yesterday, because Sonny yes, just mentioned that Dalo yesterday. Dalo was left exposed as one of the most technical players in the league for the whole of 70 minutes. What do you want him say. to do? Well, let Sonny finish, guys. Let Sonny finish, guys. Yeah. No, yeah. so just going on to the midfield, the problem with the midfield as well is Although we got Ericsson on a free, which is great. You can't really rely on someone like Ericsson, who you've just signed as a free. We need midfielders. And going forward, I know Rashford's has scored a lot of goals for us. And I know people are talking he might be injured. But that game did show De- Rashford's deficiencies as a player. And this is why I love Rashford, but why I always say I don't think he is the best winger in the league, in my opinion, because he doesn't have that creative output, in my opinion. Uh, going forward, Anthony, I think he, you know he, he had a good battle with Dan Byrne, but you could tell... I said it before on Premier League Carnage, he's not physical enough for the Prem at the moment, but he's still due some time. Vegorst, he tries hard and I love his passion, but there's only so much trying hard you can do. But going back to Mo as well, you're right to an extent. Ten Hag does need to do as much as he can with the with the cards he's dealt with. But there's only so much you can do when someone like, God bless Scott McTominay, but he's losing it on the edge of his box trying to play out. I don't know if that's Ten Hag trying to teach him, you know, play out from the back, but there's some things you just, you just like just kick it out. You want to um, know something? To be honest, I think it's kind of unfair the criticism that you're getting for losing to Newcastle because this Newcastle team is actually has a better midfield than majority of teams in this league 
I don't I, think they. I don't think they're getting don't criticized for. I don't think they're getting criticized for losing to Newcastle because everyone can lose to Newcastle yeah. away. Newcastle away is a very tough. Only game. one team have beaten them away. Uh, and yeah, it's yeah. the shitty Liverpool. Uh, but but the point being is, the performance. It's the manner. It's the performance. Um, overall, in a select few games, you know, the the. the the Arsenal know. game so defensive. Yes, they scored two, but you remember that game? You were under the hammer. That's the, the thing. Whole game. That's the thing. People forget that game. I know it was a great game. I know Arsenal scored at the end, but the reason that game was heartbreaking was because Egal's team scored right at the end. It wasn't because we were like, "Oh my god, we were in it." Because Arsenal were all over us. Arsenal should have been a couple goals up. To be honest, but remember with you, inside the right. eighteen, Luke Shaw defending to Saka inside honestly, the eighteen, like ten honestly, times. Honestly, we were getting there. Were just waves yeah. of attack, and I was like, "God, we are riding the pressure here." And football's like that. However, you're right. That Enketia goal was the reason why we were heartbroken. We like, Liverpool, Grizz knows we were getting absolutely smothered at Anfield, Chelsea. Um, we, I mean, we played them earlier in the season, so it was a long time. I think we got a draw there. Just about got that. Spurs away is going to be a hard game. The race for the Champions League is hotting up. Newcastle away, we just lost. And like Grizz said, they've only lost once at home all season. That was to Liverpool when Nick Pope got sent off. They've only conceded nine goals in 13 games at home. It's a formidable place to go. But losing like that, it's very concerning, especially when we've got a lot to play for in the season. There's no guarantees we beat Brighton in the FA Cup semi-final. There's no guarantee we win the Europa League. There's some very good size left in that there's competition. There's no guarantee field. you get top four. There's no now, Thank and now the funny thing is, there's no guarantee we make top four because, like I said, there's some big games coming up. We still have Spurs away. We but if you Brighton do get top away. four, if you do get top four, just to be balanced here, guys, if you do get, if they do get top four, I feel like. They deserve a lot of credit this season if they do get top four because they, they're not too far away from pushing up even further. And Ten Hag in his first season to get top four, like uh, it might be rich coming from me. I'm an Arsenal. No, fan. it's really an absolute, eight. it's absolutely a successful season. Yeah, if they get and top trophies. four, yeah, and they got a trophy. That's a massive season for Ten Hag. Congratulations to them. And I only think this might be crazy to say to some people, but they're not too far away from challenging for a league in a hundred percent because you see the style, right. You can tell that this guy has an idea that he wants to implement in that club. Uh, also, he's he has a good authority, like uh, about players, and he's, he's a good manager. And I think they're moving. I'm a big fan of his, but I feel like sometimes, even if you're a big fan, you can criticize a coach. It's it's, okay. it's absolutely no problem because we've we've I've been on on Klopp's tail, and rightly so. Many Liverpool fans will tell you. Great coaches make bad, bad moves. Jose Mourinho has been making awful decisions the last couple of years. He's one of the all-time greats. Pep Guardiola, every time he reached the latter stage of the Champions League, has been making awful mistakes. It's fine. They're human. They're not, you know, they, they all make mistakes. Uh, I think Ten Hag is a very good coach. And we have to balance it up. I know, you know, we, we have to balance it up by saying he's done a tremendous job overall. He walked into an absolute mess Pardon the pun, carnage. There was carnage all over Man United. It was, it was carnage. Um, players, egos, contracts. He, you know, he got rid of the players that he didn't want. Very similar to how Arteta has, has, has sort of evolved the Arsenal situation. Arteta walked into a mess. It had to be patient with him. But if they reach the if they reach Champions League, like I think they will, and they won the League Cup. And they're in the semi-final and the quarter-final of the, quarter Europa. Of the Europa. That's a that's a very very good season. But before we move on, if you don't reach the Champions League final, uh, Champions League, sorry, I was spaces, say you're making me dream already. Yeah, dream already. If you don't reach top four, 
and let's say you don't pick up one of the two trophies the, that you're in, just the Carabao Cup, how are you looking at the season then, Sonny? Listen, I know a lot of fans had us, you know, only finishing outside the top four this season. But for me, and I say it always, if you're in a certain position, you need to capitalise. I said it the other day, you know, the rated R superstar edge, the ultimate opportunist. You need to make these opportunities pay when you're in a position. You don't want them to go under the radar. And the thing is, fine, people can say, oh, you know, we were never really fancy for top four. But that's not the point. If you're in a position, you want to capitalise it. I remember a couple of seasons ago, Leicester, they were in the top four for both seasons up until the final day of the season. It was something ridiculous about how many days they were in it, where they didn't make it. Fine, they're in Europe, whatever. But if you're in those positions, you got to make the opportunities pay. And I know we're going to move on to the next topic. But one thing I will say with Ten Hag as well is, and I didn't understand this, he took off Martinez and Varane. And the only centre-back he actually had on the pitch was Lindelof, right? And the players we actually brought on to the pitch, and this is an issue for our squad that we need to address, we brought on Fred Palestri, Martial, who's probably going end of the season, and a player, and I saw Ash's comment on this as well, Jaden Sancho, a player that came back into the fold, played really well against Leeds. I was at that game, and then since then, kind of gone under the radar again, not really performing, and it's a conversation that needs to be had about Jaden Sancho in the future. Since lifting the Carabao Cup, Man United haven't scored a goal or won a match in the Premier League. That is wild. But it's a wild season, guys. It's a wild season. I know we're saying, oh, this could happen, this could happen. There is no predictions to be had, or made, sorry, with any conviction. The only prediction we can make for sure, pretty much, is that Man City won't drop many more points, which segues into the title race. Jesus resurrects Arsenal before Easter. He returned. Jesus uh, Egal, I know you've been through the through the mud and, 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 and come out again. I know you've been uh, pushing the trust the process slogan, support your club through some of your mad, mad Arsenal fans that you've got all over social media. We don't mention no names on this show, but there's some mad Arsenal fans in the, up in this universe that have been slaughtering the process, slaughtering your manager. And now are absolutely jockeying him. Um, but you've been one of the real ones and the true ones from the start. And that's why I thought you can make your debut on Premier League Carnage and gloat. And gloat away, my brother. I think I think you are on the verge of winning the Premier League. How does it feel? I think the game against Liverpool will almost be like a... Tada. Obviously, there's a couple of games left, but people thought... Chris, that with Jesus coming back from injury and the team playing the way that they are this season, that we're going to drop points. Every week, I hear people saying, we're going to drop points, we're going to drop points. The level of consistency we are showing, you have to understand, this is the sixth highest point total in Premier League history at this moment in time. Arsenal are on, what, 72 points? In the last seven or eight years, there's only two times where we wouldn't be top of the league. And that's the Centurion season and that's Liverpool's COVID season. So... At this moment in time, people need to respect the, the level that yeah, we're on. Yeah, relax the COVID season. It was COVID in February when we had already no, no, won the I, title. We won the title in December. You, you I, I didn't that. have to say COVID. I, I didn't know, mean... I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I our record, our, our title season, yeah. COVID happened in February when we were 27. Okay, I'll say, I'll, I'll rephrase 27. it. Liverpool's title of the winning season and the Centurions were the only teams in the last, what is it, seven or eight years that's even comes close, uh, that, that is better than this, right? 
And then you have to understand that we've had injuries. We've had all these things. We've weathered the storm. Mikel Arteta has gone through his, his tough times. He got through the culture. And really, really and truly, this team is ready. We have the experience in Jesus. We have the experience in, in Zinchenko. We have the experienced players coming through. We have the young players, one of the best young players in Bakao Saka, Martinelli, who I honestly do believe don't get enough hype. From, from from the rest of the world of football because I see some of the hype that the guy from Napoli gets, for example, uh, Kevin Schur. What's his name? Ke- you know who I'm Garacilla. talking about. I can't say his name. Garacilla. But but in comparison to them, they're performing. And I really do believe, similar to how you guys had the two best wing duo and, and you had like a team that was just coming together at the same time, we've now think, found that ourselves at Arsenal. And it's like the level of intensity we play in these games, we we blow teams out early. And if we don't win games early, we find a way with the resilience to win at the end of the day. And it's just beautiful to see. As a fan who's been through all the COVID days and all the war, all the terrible days and all the days where Mikel Arteta losing 15 in a row, similar to Graham Potter, and to be on the end of it now, potentially winning a league title, it's beautiful. And sometimes they say, you, tough times never last, only tough people last, right? So that's, that's what it is. Uh... Mo, it's, 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 it's coming up to that. We've questioned Arsenal. We've put tests in front of them. We've put barriers. We've said, what, this is the one. This is the game. Finally, I can say, if they go to Anfield and win, for me, it's over. If they avoid defeat, I think they remain favourites. But if they lose... I'm not sure the pressure will... I think they may succumb to the pressure because they still have to go to Arsenal, uh, Liverpool. They still, uh, they've been to Liverpool. They still City. have to go to Newcastle. They still have to go to City. Those are three horrible fixtures for them. So for me, a uh, couple of things I want to talk about Arsenal here quickly is that the way I see Arsenal and the way I talk about City is that authority. And I see Arsenal against Crystal Palace, against Fulham, against Leeds, authority. That means... It's my game and you're playing in it the way I want. I had no doubt that Arsenal win the Leeds game. People were nervous and I'm like, no, no, they're going to walk this game. They're going to win this game. Against Fulham, they made them look so average. I don't care if it's Palina, not Palina. They made them look so average that it's unbelievable. Crystal Palace, with everybody saying it's a tough game, average, average. And for me, and it doesn't matter if it's Saliba, it doesn't matter if it's Jorginho, it doesn't matter if it's Holding, there is a system and everybody's in it. And it's working. Trossard on the right. Oh, struggle first time to play on the right. Oh, he scored and he assisted. So it doesn't matter. So at this point, who am I to question Arsenal? Yes, we did question them before. But who am I to sit here and say, and ignore all of this and be blind and say, no, no, they're still going to lose. No, there are no signs that they're going to lose. However, if they win against Liverpool, the pressure is on City because City are going to go to this game with one option, which is winning. Arsenal will go to this game with all the options for them. Even if they lose, they're still going to be top. But if Arsenal lose to Liverpool, now City will go to this game thinking that if we win it, we're done. We're top. It's over from there. I think Arsenal might win against Liverpool at Anfield. I think Arsenal have it in them to go to Anfield and try to stamp their way of playing football on them. It can be done. It's not that uh, that hard. Man City tried to do that, but Liverpool hit them on the counter. Man City controlled position like what they normally do. But I think Arsenal are more effective than City. I see Arsenal are more effective team than City, to be honest, because the goals are spread, are spread over players. Anybody can score. Jaka can score. Saka can score. Anybody can score. So 
this is Arsenal for me this respect, year. The level of respect we showed Liverpool over the last couple of years when we played them, going into those games, being worried and, and have, being fearful. Going into this game, we're going to be a little bit more confident, but respectful. It's not going to be a situation where this game for us is going to be similar to how we went into the Tottenham game and the Chelsea game away. We know that we can, we're, we're currently in a better situation than you guys, but we're not going to go there cocky. This is going to be a game where we're going to go there and be like, on our, on our, if if we don't play well, you guys could beat us, and and we respect you guys to a certain level. It's not going to be a situation where we come there like it's an easy three points, like like certain people were talking about before, and then got their ass handed to them seven 0 So hey, yes, it 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 is it is it about someone in the chat saying is it about the Liverpool who show up, but also it's about the Arsenal, which Arsenal? Oh, absolutely, will show up? absolutely. It's I also think about, this is. I, I think every is a problem though. Every question, every question that we've asked of this Arsenal team, barring Everton away, which can happen, bad timing, morning kickoffs away from home, Everton, the new manager bounce. The Man City game, I don't think they deserve to lose, you know. But most of the obstacles and challenges that we put in front of Arsenal, that back in the day, they would have buckled. Do you remember every time, away to Palace, oh, they, 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 this is where they lose. Away to Brentford, oh, they're going to get bullied. Fulham. You know, Fulham, yeah, all these kind of things. They've blown these teams away. And I have no, I have, I should have no right to say this, but I'm still going to say it. Liverpool away is still an obstacle for teams. I know we're shit. I know we're crap. We're absolute shambles right now. But I still think Arsenal will have major mental obs- or mental obstacle and we know they've got a mental obstacle we i used to treat this game honestly as a i used to enjoy arsenal at home and everton home the most because i know we're guaranteed to beat them whatever happens wherever we are in the league whatever anyone says we're going to beat arsenal and everton at home for the first time i have no idea a because we're so crap and arsenal are so good i said at the uh, emirates game earlier in the season and i was there i witnessed it live handed even though we were unlucky to lose because that offside decision was n- the wrong one and the penalty was no way penalty the, the referees have come out and said it wasn't a penalty since then i thought arsenal looked like the young liverpool the first emergence of the liverpool the intensity the pressing the wide forwards the mid the midfield setup the back the back yeah. two one on one defenders the high line they play, I saw the emergence of a, the, the initial Jurgen Klopp team and they've gone on and done great, great things. I think they deserve to win the league. Will they win the league? I genuinely think, Asani, I genuinely think it will come down to this weekend. I know they've got City to come, but mm. they can afford to lose to City if they beat Arsenal. I think uh, Liverpool, sorry. No, and I think you hit the nail on the head, Grizz. Um, and I've said it before. Anfield is the hardest place to go in the Premier League. Um, I said it in a podcast I was on recently. If Arsenal go to Anfield and beat Liverpool, it's a massive statement win. It's like a couple of seasons ago when City finally won the league under Pep. They went to Stamford Bridge and I'm pretty sure they won 1-0 and Kevin De Bruyne scored. And people were like, wow, City are the real deal. Now, I'm not saying Arsenal aren't the real deal. What I'm saying is a statement win is to go to Anfield and beat them. Arsenal haven't beaten Liverpool at Anfield in the league since 2007. A certain Thierry Henry was a player then, which goes to show how long ago Arteta started that game in, in, in the midfield where we won and Santi Cazola and Podolski scored. In 2007? That was... No, in 2013? When was it? 
something like that. 2007 is the last time you actually won at, uh, mm-hmm. at Anfield. Really? You haven't, yeah, in the league, is... in the league, in the league. You haven't actually beaten them since 2007, which goes to show what Grizz's point in terms of it's a mental thing that Arsenal have, especially the big clubs, especially around the era. Arsenal did find it tricky, but to think that it's been that long is crazy. And realistically, Grizz is right. I think this is the this is probably the biggest game, I think, anyway, in, in Arsenal season. Because I know you've got that, that patch where you have City away, Chelsea home, Newcastle away, and that's three very hard games, granted. But this is the game where you come out of this with a good result. I think things are looking good for you, Igal. Uh, just a super chat before we finish up in the next couple of minutes. Ibi says, Grizz, my brother, I'm about to go Masjid for Tarawi and Maduaz. I would play. <laughs> include hoping for an Arsenal win at Anfield. Always nervous there. Uh, have a spiritual time in the mosque, in the masjid. Stop thinking about football, my friend. Yes, yes. Please but, stop. But yes, but, but yes, but now big up, uh, Ivy. Uh, uh, the last man. time Arsenal beat Liverpool is 2012. It's yeah, 2012. Bad. And Mikel was in the midfield. Can I just say one more thing on this, Grizz, before you... Say you two more on. things. Um, I think Arsenal will win it. And I really do believe it. And and I just think the reason why I believe that we're going to do it is just because City have to be faultless. And I believe they have been this consistent this season, but the, their level of consistency and our level of consistency have matched. And I think just going the rest of the way, everyone keeps saying City is going to be undefeated and Arsenal is going to drop points. Or some people are saying City are going to drop points and Arsenal are going to uh, be inconsistent. Incons- uh, I think it's going to be in the middle. And I think going the rest of the way, we cancel each other out. And if we cancel each other out and I the rest of the way I still think Arsenal's point difference that we have right now keeps us ahead of them and keeps us to win this league uh, are they going to win the league Sonny? I think they will and I hope they do I do not want Manchester City with three-peating thank you very much so yeah or trouble yeah, well, that, but I think three P it's like a big thing that is to win three leagues in a row in the Premier League. Well, if they win the three P and it coincides with the treble, will they be okay? Just a very quick debate if they yeah. if they do the three p which coincides with a treble at the simultaneously will they be the greatest premier league team ever yeah it'd be hard to argue against it wouldn't it mo yes judge mo with the final answer and pep guardiola will be the best coach to ever grace the premier league i i think he is anyway my end coach as a coach and i've said it there are arch rivals they're my nemesis they're my enemy if it wasn't for Man City, Liverpool would have won X, Y, Z. But I always say, yeah, Pep Guardiola is the best coach and he will go down as one of the greatest coaches ever. Argue with my fridge. Don't argue with me. How do you feel to... about this, though, this season? Because <laughs> I see a lot of Liverpool fans get sort of upset that we've kind of taken your place in the position, in the challenge for against City this season. What's upsetting about it? Why? Of course it's upsetting. It's upsetting because, yeah, you're right. You have come through the ranks, but football doesn't stop for no one. <laughs> Why? We haven't got... Enti- Those fans are probably too entitled. The ones I cuss Chelsea and whatever, like, I'm not entitled like that. If we stand still, like we have in the last 12 months in the transfer market, we will be caught up. If you maintain it, Kudos to you. I know we'll be back next year. I know we will make three, four signings that will make us back. I know the issues are glaring. He has messed up. Absolutely. We're, we're, but I think a lot of players know they're going. There's three, four players that know they're going. And there's three, four players know that their positions will be taken. And so that leaves about six, seven players 
unsure. And Liverpool is all about stability, togetherness, energy. And if you haven't got that, we haven't got... We haven't got... I'm sorry, it's not excuse, it's fact. We haven't got the finance to keep churning out players every time we think they're gone. We have to show trust and faith in them. But obviously, there's too much faith and there's too much trust as well. So it's a balance. But it's exciting for Premier League carnage. It's exciting for the Premier League. Man, we got so many teams next week, next season. Man United are looking to probably come back next season, buy a striker, buy another midfielder, buy another centre-back. They'll be back. Man City, we know, will reinforce. That's what they do every season. They Even if they don't buy many, what they do buy is a £100 million midfielder in Young Grealish or a £100 million striker. In, 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 he's not £100 million. I know before City fans come for me, and maybe Daps and, and Huey and Steve are in the chat lurking around. I know he's not £100 million, but we know the package is worth about £700 million. So I'm just talking about the package. But this is what they do. They buy, and we know Arsenal will reinvest. Chelsea will reinvest again under a new coach. Probably, possibly Nagelsmann. And we have to do the same. But it's exciting. We were excited. I think we're in for a fantastic... We didn't get a chance to speak about the relegation. Wow. Wow. That's probably... No, it's much tighter at the bottom, even. Right. It's crazy. It's yeah. about six points covering 12 teams or something, or 10 teams. Yeah, that. yeah. 18. One last thing I want to add about this, because of the relegation. This season, there is no easy game in the coming games. It's either you're fighting relegation or you're playing for Europe. There is no team in the middle that is sitting. Absolutely. So there is no easy game. There's no easy game. You're either trying to get into Europa or Europe or you're fighting for relegation. Yeah. So this is why it's so difficult to, 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 uh, to predict. Uh, Sid the Kid sends in a suit track, says Arsenal's record against City is just as horrific. Yeah, they're going to have to overcome this. City yeah. plays don't fear Arsenal one bit and Pep already set the bar as winning every game to lift it. I couldn't disagree with you. I absolutely agree with everything that you've said there. And they will have to. Igao, as much as positive and everything he is, he knows you're going to have to go to Man City and overcome that, that record, that fear, that mental block. Two games, the Arsenal, the, the Liverpool game and the Man City game. You're going to have to come over mental barriers. But if you do, wow, will you have deserved this league title? So it's in your own hands, right? And that's where you wanted it. It's not in your wildest dreams. Even you, Mr. Positive Arsenal, some would say, I won't say the word they use, but Mr. Ultra Positive Arsenal. <laughs> Even you in your wildest dreams couldn't think that Monday, 3rd of April, we're talking about the league title being in your hands. It's it's crazy. You know, you see at the beginning of every season the odds of winning the league. And this season for us, it was 40 to 1 odds. Now, when I seen that, I made a joke. I said, at least we have a chance. But like, I never actually thought we were going to win or, or even be in this position. So I'm very grateful of, the, of what the club and the team and the players have done and the ability to push us to this height. I've never seen a league title uh, and been in the, in the country as uh, while well, well, the league title has been going on. And I haven't even been to a game, a Champions League game in my life. So I, I can't wait for that. Guys, we must end the show. Um, I've got to get ready for Big Six um, and I've got to have two more cups of tea. There's nothing better. When you're opening your fast, you can have all the samosas and the pakoras <laughs> and the burratas and the biryanis and everything else. Nothing beats a cup of tea. Oh, it's amazing. You drink tea with milk? So simplistic. I drink the opposite of what you drink because I know what you, uh, you drink. You Egyptians, Arabs, Middle East, I know what you guys... You we guys, drink, uh, black tea. Exactly. I drink the total opposite. Total opposite. In fact, some would say I have milk 
with a touch of water. <laughs> That's how milky my tea is. I love it. Tetley's, I'm so simplistic and old school. Mo, you need to invite me over, man. I need to get over. Oh, to America. Oh, I'm or coming. Egypt. Oh, I'm coming. We're ca- you're coming to America. Yeah, oh. 20th of 20th of June. I'm not sure if I was allowed to reveal it, but I've done it now. The big reveal. Wow. Big, <laughs> big, big six is hitting New York. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. We're coming, baby. We're coming. So we will definitely link up. But, uh, Sonny, uh, how'd you find uh, the first uh, co-hosting uh, yeah. session? Yeah, no, I, uh, I definitely... Did we use all of your... Did we use all of your banners? Did we miss out? Yeah, we did. We used all of them. So I'm amazing, happy with this collection. Amazing, amazing, So, uh, like I said, in the words of Roman Reigns, acknowledge me! <laughs> oh, God, I'm going to have to get used to this. Uh, Bill, I was probably watching and saying, nah, 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 he's not ready to take my place. But Bill, you've got competition, son. Uh, Igal, hope you've enjoyed uh, your first, hopefully, definitely not your last appearance on my channel. Big up, Chris. Thank you for having me. Really enjoyed it, honestly. It's a pleasure being here. Excellent, excellent. And Mo, we will be back for Eurostars Thursday. Uh, we're still deciding whether we're going to do the team of the season or we've probably got loads of action to get through, but we'll work on that. People, like, subscribe, all of that stuff if you haven't. Um, I don't know how many likes we're on, but it's probably shambolic because that's what you guys are weak these days. I don't know what it is. Uh, but yeah, man, it's been fun. It's been Premier League carnage over and out. Until next time, take care. Podcast Network.